Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, country music fans of New England. This is Russell James of the band Scarlet Drive. And we'll be bringing a night of country music rock and roll to one of the best original music venues in Boston. Thursday, February 16th, we're bringing our patio tour to the Brighton Music Hall in Alston, Massachusetts for a Thirsty Thursday event you do not want to miss. Thursday, February 16th, Boots and Whiskey presents the Scarlet Drive Patio Tour with special guests Houston Bernard and Nick Casey. Tickets are $15 presale with reservations through our website at scarletdrive.com or $20 at the box office the day of. We hope to see you there, and thank you for supporting live music. Now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. Just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is the first full week of February. Um, technically, February started last week, but you know how it works in this world where, you know, the first day of the month is on a Wednesday or whatever the hell that is all about. But anyway, we're going to kick off February with a hell of a guest. I have to say... Um, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think this might have been one of the most informative, awe-inspiring conversations I've ever had with anybody. And that's no disrespect to anybody. You know, I say that because every week on this show, I am blown away. I, I'm honestly blown away by my guests, by their stories, by everything that goes on with them. But this one is extra special to me because it is with the very lovely and very talented Raylan Nelson Last week, we um, we announced that Raylan is coming to the area. Um, she's doing four shows up here in Massachusetts with the wonderful Annie Bropes, and it's going to be a hell of a show, right? So we're going to talk about that in this episode. We talk about a lot of things in this episode. Um, if you don't know, Raylan Nelson is Willie Nelson's granddaughter. We obviously talk a ton about that. Um, we talk about her music and what she's doing, you know, all kinds of really, really great, great stuff. 
Um, I don't want to take away from the conversation all too much right now and give you too much. Um, but thank you for being here, first and foremost. Um, if you're a new listener to the show, there's a first time because you're here to hear Raylan's story. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, follow us on TikTok, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. You know, this episode is going to be up on YouTube, too. Um, so it's it's great. Great. No video for those episodes yet. Um, we're trying to figure that out, but that's a learning curve. Um, but yeah, Raylan Nelson, my God, I'm still, I'm still reeling about this episode. We, we, um, recorded this a few weeks ago and I still haven't stopped talking about it. Um, everybody in my personal life is probably like, Oh God, I'm sick of hearing about how great Raylan Nelson was, but you know what? I'm not, I can't, um, I can't say enough about this young lady. She's absolutely incredible. Raylan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I hope everybody enjoys this conversation. I'm not going to take too much more of your time because it's a lengthy one. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the ever so wonderful, humble, the oh, kind, oh my God, this young lady is kind. Um, enjoy our conversation with the wonderful, wonderful Raylan Nelson. Enjoy. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello. Hi. How are you, Raylan? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Yeah, same here. So I, I'm sure you know by now I've been chasing you. Uh, this sounds creepy, but I've been tra- chasing you down for months. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I've when... been wanting to get you on this show. And I'm so excited that it's finally happening. Where did you first hear about us? Or me? So honestly, I want to say I want to say I saw one of your tweets. Oh, and yeah. I was like. I was like, who the hell is this girl? Because she's funny as hell. And then I started digging and then I found out who you really were. And I it was like, what, why, why haven't I ever heard of this young lady before? Oh, oh. tweet. So I should still keep tweeting then, huh? Yeah. I mean, this was like months ago, months okay. and months and months ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, I'm going to let you tell your story because I mean, I could go on all day. So, so why don't you tell us, you know, who you are and how you've become who you are? Okay. So I'm Raylan Nelson and I have a band, Raylan Nelson band. The coolest part about me is, uh, Willie Nelson's my grandpa. So, um, I always, I grew up with music being, uh, always around and a big part of life. And I wanted to be just like him, probably like everybody else in the world, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, in short of it, that's just what I'm trying to do. Although uh, I'm an independent artist because I want to be able to do what I want to do and not have anybody tell me what to do. And the first, I had some meetings when I first started writing songs and getting out and I had some meetings with some people in Nashville and town and, uh, all of their advice was get rid of your rock band and just do a solo thing and get studio musicians and 
you know, just kind of do this thing. And I was like, but I like my band and I, I, I don't want to get rid of them. So I just would rather figure this out on my own. And in the beginning, I was like, if I could just play, you know, around town a little bit, that'd be fine. But then once you do it, you're like, no, I want to play all the time. And I want to get out of Nashville and play. And it's funny when you get out of Nashville and play, people really dig music more because here everybody's doing it. So you are just playing and singing to other singer songwriters who are trying to make it too. So unless they're your good friends or fans of yours, they're not, they're just kind of standing there with their arms crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for their turn. Right. I hear that a lot, you know, coming out of Nashville where it's, it's so cutthroat, right. Where, you know, the yeah. appreciation is there to an extent, but it's not fully what it could be. Right, right. And it's hard for chicks, too, you know, not because I don't think it's even a, a misogynistic thing in the in the industry. I'm sure there is a little bit, and I'm sure a lot of people have had different experiences. But I just think women like male singers, yeah you know and i think so it's just like a fan thing i like male singers you know but i like chick singers too but i get it you know and um i think that's why country music has always had a lot i mean there's been a lot of women and of course in the 90s the country music had their heyday right um so i guess what i would like with what i think is cool about my band is my uh i met jb my guitar player jonathan bright and everybody calls him jb i met him through a mutual friend in town and I was just looking for a place to record the songs I had written or like little pieces of songs really at the time. And he said that he had a studio. I could come over there and do it. And by the end of that time that I was there recording by the end of it, he was like, do you want to like write songs together? You want to put, put together a combo? And I was like, yeah, I didn't know what a combo was. You know, I was like, but yeah, I want to do, I want to be in the music business. I want to do this. So then we just started building what is Raylan Nelson band and he his background is all punk rock and yeah so he just grabbed his band and that became my band and um yeah so and then we just started writing songs together and uh started touring a little bit out of town and then I'm lucky because um my grandpa's the coolest grandpa in the world and he gave me a job just checking his fan email so I was able to stay home and work on music and be, also be a mom because I'm a mom too. So I was able to be home with my kids and uh, and have a job where I could still pursue music. And he uh, paid for our travel for a while. You know, after the pandemic, I decided to, since he couldn't work, that we weren't going to work either because he was the one paying for travel. And then a magic thing happened where now we, we can pay for it, you know? So yeah. I just, I'm just maybe like, just like a job ladder, right? You just like take a step further and people are paying you enough to cover the travel now. So luckily I've reached that step and it is like little baby steps like that of getting, just getting the music heard and out there in different markets because as an independent artist, you can only reach so far. And I don't sound anything like my grandpa. You know, his music is um, is outlaw country, you know, yeah. that nostalgic, beautiful outlaw country. And mine is more country with some uh, with some rock and roll, like r- punk rock rockers behind me. Yeah, you playing know, playing the music loud. 
I was I was listening to some of your stuff um, not too long ago, and like that was the first thing that came to mind was like this is awesome how she has turned country music, you know, almost grungy, you know, almost you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean this in like the best way possible, but like dirty, like muddy, and that like you know it, it has like its own soul, it has its own distinct characteristics to it. Yeah, and I think being in Nashville and being in Nelson that it had to be something different right it's also why i grabbed the ukulele yeah and played that you know my grandpa gave me a guitar when i was 14 so i've been playing that for a long time and i'm not a great guitar player by any means but i write all my songs on the guitar and when i do solo shows i just do me and my guitar but the, the ukulele made me stand out from everybody here who was playing guitar and it was if you know how to play guitar it's so easy to learn to play the ukulele (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah you know you just have to try to figure out how to be different so i've really stood my ground on keeping the band and keeping the sound the pure like because it is pure it's them it's me writing the song and then jb rocks it up and then i just wail over their guitars no yeah no i'm sorry go ahead I don't even know what I was going to say. I'd love for you to pop in. <laughs> when you're with your songwriting, you know, does I, it's it's hard to not, you know, talk about the elephant in the room with your grandfather. Right. But does a lot of the did your a lot of your influence come from what he was doing and what you were seeing along those lines? So my mom kept me pretty sheltered. She's a super holy roller. And that hit her when I was about four years old. So I got a full brainwashing of that too. So she kept me with, it was only old country and Christian music that I was allowed to listen to. So until I was 13, 14, and was able to sneak in some secular music, which is what Christians call music that isn't Christian music. Yeah, yeah. They call it secular so i was able to to you know put some of that in in teenage years and i remember even coming to my mom and having a it was a conversation about can i please listen to the pop station that we had in our in nashville 107.5 the river it's still around but we had a full-blown conversation and talk about it about me listening to secular music and so early on it was old country i mean my when I write songs, I write it kind of in that same format, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus out, you know, that's yeah. kind of, I mean, and there's some that are different, but uh, naturally, if I'm like, I'm going to write a song, that that's kind of what I stick to that pattern. And, you know, I was just talking about this earlier today with JB. Do you know how, if you, like, basically any song in the world, any band, any song, if you just take a singer and a guitar, it sounds country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or singer-songwritery, you know? It's any song in the world. Um, so, yeah, I write country songs, and they rock it up. And, um, and yeah, and sometimes songs come to JB for us to write, and then, we'll, and then it's more of like an assignment feeling. Otherwise, I just wait for songs to come to me to write. And usually it's about stuff that's going on around me or to me or, you know, something will pop up in my head that sounds cool, and I'll be like, what could that relate to? And then I try to figure something out or also okay so do you ever put your uh captions on when you watch tv no um actually i can't lie to you so i've only done it once and it was when my wife and i were watching pc blinders because i was like what the fuck are they talking about (laughs) 
So I do it all the time. And I started doing this when my kids were really little because they said that if you turn it on, they'll they'll get used to seeing words and reading them. Yeah. And so I did it as a, because I was homeschooling. So I was trying to be all educational all the time. So that's where it started. And now we just don't watch anything without the captions on, but sometimes in parentheses, they'll, it'll put what people are doing or, uh, cause it'll, you know, it'll be like, like lately I've been watching Yellowstone. So it'll, it'll say cowboys yipping or cattle lowing, you know, but sometimes, okay. Sometimes I'll watch them and it'll be really funny or it'll be something really good that I could turn into a cool lyric. Like literally you could pick, you know, if you're trying to write a song, you could pick things from anywhere to write a song. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, I've seen, I've seen and heard a lot of that where, you know, onto, you know, watching something and pulling a song out of it where, you know, I've known several several artists that were like oh yeah i was watching a movie and you know this was a cool little scene or somebody said something that i thought was really cool and interesting and just ran with it had nothing to do with the movie or show or whatever itself but you know the the line or the the moment just struck them right like if the art had never happened with the movie you know then the song would have never or might not have ever happened right it all comes full circle yeah yeah so now when you're growing up and you're in that in that world, you know, with your mother and, and all that, do you even know who your grandfather is to, like, the rest of the world? Okay, so my dad is Willie Nelson's son, and he died in 91 when I was mm-hmm. seven. So before that, the first time I, re- I realized that my grandpa was different, uh, I was young enough to be held by my dad because we were all sitting um, at dinner somewhere, a restaurant venue area. And it was uh, maybe like seven of the people in the family and, uh, you know, in the band. And uh, all of a sudden, a lot of people came in and bombarded my grandpa and security had his security had to come in and uh, save him. And my I remember my dad scooping me up to get me out of the crowd of people and everybody having a really serious look on their face all of a sudden like a scary feeling Mm -hmm. like oh no oh no oh no and I remember asking my dad where's Papa Willie what happened and he said oh it's okay he'll be back he's just got to work right now he's working so I thought he was working my whole you know that he's working which he was you know he was just um but that's the first time I remember that oh that doesn't happen to my other grandparents right Hey, everyone, I just wanted to remind you about our friends over at the Afterglow Boutique um, over there at 4 Evergreen Lane in Hopedale. She has moved out of Blackstone, moved into Hopedale. All of her stuff is still online. Don't forget, if you're going to go shop online, put in promo code BOOTS, that's B-O-O-T-S, at checkout for 20% R-O-T-S at the AfterglowBoutique.com. Cheers. Right. Where swarms of people want to just grab him. And yeah, I mean, when I was born, he was already a famous, you know, big, huge, famous man. So, you know, and then my dad died. So um, I did. My grandpa's awesome. We lived in Nashville most of my life, but my mom married my stepdad, who's uh, the best gift that God has given her for sure. He is a great man and a great dad to me when he didn't have to be and um he's a really good guy and he gave us a sister i have a sister and a brother 
from them. But uh, he lived in Georgia, so we lived in Georgia for a couple of years. So when Papa Willie come through Georgia, we would see he would reach out and let us know, and we would go to the show. So I remember that happening a few times, and that because we were right outside of Atlanta. And then when we moved back to Nashville, of course, he's through Nashville quite often, um, or at least was at that time, <clears throat> coming through Nashville quite a bit. So I would see him on the regular when he'd come through. They would just call and let us know we're coming through. And then one time he came to Grandparents Day. I went to Davidson Academy here in Nashville, and every year we had Grandparents Day. And I had, I would, we would have to like handwrite the letters to invite your grandparents. And I guess that was the educational part of it. Yeah. And I always had like, eight sets of grandparents because all of my grandparents have gotten divorced 15 times or whatever. So I would, <laughs> I would be the one having to send out all of these letters. But I remember one year he came and he stood and signed autographs and took pictures with everybody's grandparents who were there also for grandparents day for I guess, like three hours. And all I wanted to do was go on the bus and play in the bunks. Cause that's, <sighs> what, that's what the fun part is about. Uh, that that was fun part to me was playing on the bus and pretending it was mine and you know just climbing on each of the bunks yeah and then like you know the, like when you think about it and you you imagine a lot of famous people being on the bus well when the family was on the bus and a lot of, all the famous people would come on we would just venture to the back to papa willie's room and just hang out and talk back there we always like felt like we were in the way or something of all the okay famous yeah people. So it's very few times that we were, we would kind of hang out. And, I mean, there were times, I'm sure it was and stuff, but I remember I would just kind of go to the back. And then when my kids were ar around, I'd kind of take them to the back and just let Papa Willie do his thing with, with the famous celebrities. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because um, We've just, I don't want to say just started, but we, you know, we're in year two of this show and like really gotten into the country music scene and, you know, as much as we have been. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to go to a ton of shows last year. And, you know, one of the shows we did was uh, Willie's Outlaw Festival when they were here. Oh, and yeah. I can't, you know, it was one of those things where, and it's probably not the thing to tell else's granddaughter but it was like it was he's one of those people that i needed to see before i couldn't anymore everybody should everybody should see a willie show and you know it was one of those things where my wife and i looked at each other and was like we couldn't believe that he was 89 you know yeah. like still sounds incredible he's still playing like you know he did 30 years ago like i, I couldn't believe it yeah he's um he's still doing it he always says if you stop using it you'll lose it you know so pandemic was hard uh, yeah on that for, you know on our, all of us but on him you know for that because i've noticed he's been sitting down a little bit it shows and he's never done that before so that's a new thing and i think a lot of it has to do with taking the big break for a while yeah um but yeah oh yeah he still sings and plays fine but i just noticed that he was sitting down a little bit but yeah he's almost 90 he'll be 90 in april yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're a fan of the music and, you know, the greats are pretty much all, you know, I, I hate to say it this way, but they're pretty much all gone. I know. You know, you know, know. really, Willie's the, the last of them now, you know. We lost and, my Aunt Bobby this year, too. She passed in March. Yeah, yeah. And, that was, and I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss on that one. That was, that rocked, that was I think, the whole one. world. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, they but I did. Super tight. I did notice though when I um when we saw him that he still had Bobby's rig all all still there and on stage and I thought that was awesome. Oh, I love that he's doing that. Um, I remember I know for right after there was uh her cowboy hat was there too, and um I'm so glad he's doing that. Good, good. It was actually kind of like one of those like pull at the heart kind of moment where it was like oh. Yeah, um, they were really tight. Um, yeah, they were probably each other's favorite people, you know. Yeah, because I mean, she had pretty much played with him, you know, his entire career, right? I mean, pretty much, pretty much, and yeah. and of course, they learned how to play music together when they were kids. Yeah, and he called her little sister, even though she was his older sister. She was <laughs> just shorter than him and little, you know. <laughs> right now, how? Growing up, right, and learning your craft and, and, you know, having the influences that you did and, you know, with what we know now with, you know, um, Lucas and, you know, everybody else in the Nelson family, it seems like, how does that influence you as well? Or does it not? Um, like, well, every, all of us have our own sound. Is that what right. you mean? Like, yeah, everything's kind of drastically different. And even um, Lucas sounds like Papa Willie a lot, but his music is kind of rock and roll church too, in a different way than mine is, you know, or yeah. not that mine's church, but like, like, I think the church part kind of changes it up. It's like kind of soulful and, uh, and more instrumental in a lot of places. There's uh, can get jam band. <clears throat> vibes about it you know and sure. then Micah of course has his psychedelic rock and and then uh his particle kid stuff that's just him on his own is great too uh, yeah yeah and then Amy does folk uke with Kathy Guthrie Arlo's daughter Arlo Guthrie's mm-hmm. daughter and Amy's uh Amy and I are real tight and she was she was a big influence on me getting going on music too like she's just a big inspiration like auntie's doing it you know and paula of course does i mean we're all all of us who have any kind of music abilities or or at least doing something with it and trying now did you take a lot of convincing on your end to you know really pursue this or did somebody else say hey you know you got something here you should really go after this well, people had said it to me a few times, like you, you have, or it sound, it sounds good enough for you to do it, you know, like right. singing wise. And there was just like maybe a handful of times growing up that people would say that, which I held on to, like you know, I still hold on to those. <laughs> like I can picture those in my mind if I need a, a little pick me up or something because um, maybe words of affirmation or what I need or whatever, but to feel validated. But yeah, it's, um, I even for, I forget your question. What's your question? Sorry. Oh God. I started rambling. No, no, no. It was, it was fine. What, what did I even say? I don't remember. Or just, uh, um, oh, I know what you said. I did. I reached out to a couple of friends. Oh, that's right. That's That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was so enthralled in what you were saying that I totally forgot. (laughs) Well, I had two friends that I trusted. Like one of them said, you seriously should do this because we were just writing songs together. And she's like, if not now, when, you know, right. and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, and it's funny, as soon as I would like just started telling people that I wanted to record some pieces of songs I had, that's when I found JB. And then it all just kind of, 
it didn't take long from just telling people, hey, I'm looking for a place to record songs if anybody knows like a cheap one, you know, I didn't want to like spend a faint, go into a fancy studio when I didn't really know, I hadn't really done any of that yet. So I just was like any, you know, in, in Nashville, everybody's got a studio in their backyard. You just got to know someone, you know? Right. So I just like started putting it out there. And then I remember uh, another w Amy, the girl, she was living here at the time, my aunt Amy. And she, uh, she and I had started a silly band called the Itty Bitty Skirt Band. And it was just, we were just doing old country, like Kitty Wells and Dolly and Sammy Smith and all these old country tunes. And the guy that was playing in the band with us, and we literally had no gigs. We would just get together and practice for fun. And he told me that I should do it. And when he told me I should do it, because he was already doing it and kind of in the biz and it wasn't anybody in my family, I was like, okay. That, but the, that was like kind of the final, it was like two certain people in the end that I trusted that told me to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm thankful for them and I'm sure all your fans are too, that's for sure. Oh, thanks for saying that. It's hard to be brave. It's especially with when everybody in your family's doing so well and doing great at it, you know? Yeah. It, now, was that a big fear for you where, you know, I, you, did you, you know, you know, when you're, when you're in that yes. shadow. I was shaking. I was shaking know, the first time I played on stage with my right. band. Because, like, everybody has an expectation. Well, <clears> well you're <throat> Willie Nelson's granddaughter, so you have to be good at, you have to be amazing. Not just good. You have to be incredible at what you're doing. And I wasn't. I was not amazing. I know I wasn't. Because I'm, because you just have to kind of learn how to do what you, do your thing and be you uncomfortable on stage. So... I didn't have that yet. So I know it wasn't amazing. No, I mean, I'm sure people saw potential of what it is now, but it wasn't like that then. I stood very still. I played the song and sang it and that was it. And I didn't have any kind of person. My personality did not come out that night because I was right. just so worried about getting everything out right. And then, but then you just have to keep doing it. You know how they say, put in those 10,000 hours. And then build up your fan base grassroots style. And because I wasn't, I didn't want to go in without the band. After, like, like I told you, when we started taking meetings, I started writing a song. JB and I wrote a song called The Moon Song. And I sent it to my grandpa. And I asked him if he would sing and play on it. Or I just asked him if he would play on it. He sang on it. And uh, so he said, yes, I love it. Let's make it a world smash hit. And so once I had a song that I had done and then a song with Papa Willie, I started reach, you know, sending it to everyone in town, everybody, all the record label. I just unabashedly didn't care. I just sent it. I was like, my grandpa sang on this. He said, it's a world smash hit. They can't say shit, you know? I mean, I was calling record labels and everything, but then everybody either didn't care, didn't want it, didn't, have any you know they didn't care or they wanted me to get rid of the band and just be a more traditional country artist female artist and i didn't want to do that so yeah yeah no so i've been doing some digging you know i'm not gonna lie to you you're probably the first artist i've been done any actual digging on just because i didn't want to sound like a complete moron to willie nelson's granddaughter. <laughs> um uh -huh. now with the music you've done and the things that you've been able to do up until, you know, this point, um, I have to ask, did you and uh, 
Way Jennings did a duet of I Can Get Off on You for Country Rebel. Right. Now, did you know Way before that? You know, and and, and I ask this and because it's going to be kind of a surreal moment with, you know, his grandfather's um, relationship with your grandfather. Right. So I did a show with Way, like, oh, funny, way back. And, <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible joke. And, um, like, when we first started, it was one of the first things we went out of Nashville to do. It was a place in Kentucky. And he played that festival, too. So that night we hung out and took pictures, and we thought it was the coolest thing. We were doing a show together. And then the next time I saw him was Country Rebel this last year. Okay. He went through, um, you know, he got completely sober. So I think yeah. he just went through some years where he had to, you know, get just get right. And I think he lost some family members too that didn't help with any of that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but yeah, just like we kind of rekindled the friendship then and uh, at Country Rebel. And my band has always, okay, so I Can Get Off On You was one of my favorite songs to sing as a little girl because it said cocaine and whiskey in it. And I can get <laughs> off on you, you know, and I knew it wasn't the, I knew it wasn't Christian, you know? Yeah, yeah, so was, sure. But I could listen to it because it was Papa Willie. So I remember just my mom giving me the sly eye when I would sing it. But uh, so I wanted to do it in the band and like other, th- I'd like to pick covers like that. Um, that mean something to me, like Grundy County auction is another one like that, where I sang it with my cousins on road trips and we would try to see who could do it the fastest, you know? So yeah. that's why we cover Grundy County auction. And, uh, but anyway, so the, um, I can get off on you. We already do that in my band. So when way was like, do you want to do a song together? I was like, here, let's just do, <laughs> I can get off on you because I'm really good at that one. They wanted me to do Highwayman, and I did. I couldn't. I couldn't nail it. I couldn't nail my grandpa's part in Highwayman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he's like. Then I like I started listening to the lyrics, and they really messed up. Like he was like, um, killing people for their jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my god, yep. I've never listened to this song. And um, but yeah, they had a guy there that sounded just like Papa Willie. That was his thing. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. so. Do you, have you and Way ever talked about, you know, what it must have been like with your grandparents or your grandfathers? I should say. Oh man, we yes, of course. I mean, it's such a fun time at that time, right before cell phones, and then every to do anything, you had to see people and talk to people, and they did it grassroots style in a different or not too much of a different way, but, you know, just traveling around, playing to whoever would listen to them. And Nashville actually didn't like my grandpa and wouldn't let him do his thing here. So he went out to New York and cut some songs out there. And then they had some extra time in the studio. So he did Redheaded Stranger. They let him do whatever he wanted. And he did Redheaded Stranger, then went to Texas and then started getting huge in Texas and Austin and then told Wayland to come out to Texas and Wayland did. And they just built up this. And I remember like, I think I read this story actually in my grandpa's book. And I think he said, uh, he got Wayland by telling him, Hey, the rednecks and the cowboys and the hippies are all hanging out here at the show. Yeah. And, um, and it's cool. It's true. Like it, my grandpa has that way and, and Wayland too, of just bringing everyone together, even though they're totally different 
class of people or uh, a different p- political stance or a diff- like he just brings everyone together and they all love that outlaw music, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Now, did, did you ever get to meet Waylon? Yes, and he was the coolest. He's Waylon always took time to say hi to the little kids. And the last time I saw him, I was 14. He died when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was 14 and he, we, my mom and I walked on the bus and he grabbed my hand and pulled it down in between him and my grandpa. They were sitting on the couch in the front and he looked at my mom and he said, take a picture. I want my picture with her. And then Papa Willie leaned in. So I have a picture of me in between Waylon and, and Willie, you know. Jesus. Like I, I just know. got chills. <laughs> I didn't even know, and and Papa Willie's smoking a joint too, so he's a joint in his hand. <sighs> and I didn't even know how iconic it was, you know, or, or how cool it was at the time, because it was just Waylon, you know, yeah. just my grandpa's friend. And I mean, I knew his song, I knew his songs because I heard him sing with my grandpa. But it was just, I don't know. It's just like it is different, and it's hard to explain to people who don't grow up in it, you know. But it's just sure. kind of is what it is, and what you've always known. So it's. You don't, it's not that you don't know it's cool because I'm grateful and I'm proud of him. And I know he has changed so many people's lives. I told you, I checked the fan email. So I, I get to read about all the, all the life changing he's done, you know, through, through music and through song. Now, you know, in I'm going to say in normal, you know, in in non-celebrity world, (laughs) right? (laughs) When, when our parents or grandparents, or or whatever have friends you know sometimes they become you know like um you know perfect example we have close friends of ours and their daughter you know to us you know we're not related by blood but we're you know aunt uncle right now yeah is that how waylon was to you would you would you say that or anybody else that was in that realm um, I didn't get to see him that much, but yeah, they all felt like family and all yeah. the crew, all of the crew has always been family. And <clears throat> my grandpa's always called his band, Willie Nelson family band, you know, it's just anybody on the band and crew was always family. But I will say since my grandpa became good friends with Snoop Dogg, like 10 years ago, <laughs> like Snoop is uncle Snoop. And I um, you know, he calls everybody nephew and he called me the grandbaby. Yeah, that's probably the coolest thing I think it ever is that Snoop Dogg is friends with my grandpa. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's that I is... get that same feeling of like, oh my god, it must be so cool, right? Like, yes, it is so cool that I got to meet Snoop and he called me the grandbaby because he knew that I was Papa Willie's granddaughter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, with... and all I could say to Snoop was, "You're so cool." <laughs> that's it. I couldn't say anything else. Oh man, you didn't give him like a you know, uh, no, you know, fishy or you know something. Like that. No, fishy, No, he was so oh, yeah. tall and skinny. <laughs> he hugged me and he gave me like a side hug. A couple of them. He came up to me, and goes, "Oh, the grandbaby gave me a side hug," and he's so he's like skinny, like yeah. thin, 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 and very tall. He. He looks like seven feet tall, even though he's probably like six four or something, you know? That's funny. <laughs> and That's then he saw, he walked back over. He like walked away and then said hi to a couple people, came back over to us, side hugged me again and goes, Oh, the grandbaby. And I was just like, <laughs> You're so cool, Snoop. You're the coolest. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> and he doesn't is- drink. He doesn't drink. So some um, some girls who were dressed to the nines looked super hot, walked in and ha- started handing him drinks. And he goes, 
um, he grabbed some blunts and he goes, all of these girls in here trying to get me a drink. And I don't do that. But I'll tell you what I do do, though. And he <laughs> just lit up the blood and started. started. That's awesome. That's, and that's, aunt, like, that's Amy, an iconic thing, too. Yeah. And my Aunt Amy goes, did he just say doo-doo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah. So with your relationships that you've built over time, whether it's, you know, through Willie or on your own. Now, anybody that follows country music, you know, to, to any kind of length knows about, you know, country music legends and their family members that have now, you know, started to play on their own and, and all that. Do you, do you consider yourself in that realm? Like, is there like a group text, you know, you and way and uh, Johnny's kids and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Hey, there was at one point, we did have a thread between John Carter and John Carter Cash, Shooter Jennings, uh, Casey Christofferson, me, and my Aunt Amy. And I think we were trying to write a song where we had plans to do like a little EP or something together. But of course, that that was before the pandemic. So everything's just went, you know, went crazy. Yeah, yeah there's been stuff like that. Uh, and see, my Aunt Amy and Paula, they grew up with you know, Chris, Chris's kids and Waylon's kid shooter and Amy were real tight. And, um, and then of course the crew members kids too, you know, all of those kids, but I guess like yeah. if you're like to answer your question, yes, there has been a text thread between we talked about doing music together and I'm sure we all will. Like I've done shows with John Carter here in town and I've written some songs with him out of the ca- cash cabin. Talk about be that being a cool um, being able to hang out in Johnny's cabin. Oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And I know yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I I honestly cannot. It's <laughs> think... surreal. It, you you feel that. You feel it like you feel when you go into like a like a church that's super uh, holy, you know, yeah. or just like a oh, sacred yeah. place. Or like it, I imagine what it would be like to go to Joshua Tree or something, you know. Yeah. Where, Something just super spiritual. It's you can feel him there, and I remember crying, just like crying to John Carter, and felt stupid. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a fan. I know how fans are and they cry, but I had just read Johnny's book where he was talking about his brother when his brother died, and he'd want to keep talking about his brother to people, and nobody else wanted to hear about his brother because it was obviously really sad, and he was going through this time where he was like, I want to talk about him, and nobody wants me to talk about him, and and I connected with that from when my dad died, and feeling that same feeling of nobody wants to talk about him, you know, it's like he's just didn't didn't exist, and um, so I connected with him on that, just in his book that I had read, and of course he had died a few years before it was I don't know but I just remember breaking down to John Carter and Johnny's cabin about and being like do you know in his book where he talks about that and John's like no John Carter's like "Mm, no but I get it I get he was sweet and kind but I remember being like oh my god he must think you're crazy yeah also don't forget our friends over at hogwash and rhinestones.com Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out.
hogwashandrhinestones.com. Do you, do you mind me asking about your father? I wasn't going to, but I have a quick question if you don't mind. Sure, of course. I, I, I talk about it when I do stand-up, so I, I think um, talking about it helps and it keeps him alive. So sure, yes, let's talk about it. So, you know, anybody, anybody, I keep saying it, you know, but anybody that knows country music knows the story of your father, or they should, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you, how do, how do you think um, your father would, what, what do you think he would say if he was still with us to you right now? Oh man, you know, I thought, I think about this a lot and I think about how different things would be if he was still around. Cause he was just very, or, or I hear that he was just very wild and didn't, yeah. didn't, I don't know if we can uh, say the F word, but he did not give a fuck, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, you can say whatever you want. This is, this is a not a podcast. Okay, show. good. Yeah. <laughs> And like what he would walk up, my mom said he would walk up to everyone and ask them who they were fucking because everybody was fucking everybody behind everybody's back. <laughs> like he just didn't care. He would, he was just that person with no filter, maybe a little autistic, who knows, you know, but I think I got that too. I think I got the no filter thing from him and I yeah. don't know what he would say to me, but I know things would be totally different. Of course, everybody, him not being in the family was a, is a big uh, piece missing. And it's been that way since it happened. And like, like we feel now with aunt Bobby too being right. gone. It's like, he was an important piece and it's gone. And that's affected a lot, a lot of yeah. things, you know? So I, I, if he was around just that would, of course, just that him not affecting the sad and depression of, people in the family but um like he would he was just so wild and crazy i think i don't know i feel like um he would have he would have forced me to be successful at this point you know what i mean he would have just like to any record label and forced them at gunpoint (laughs) 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 to to give me a record deal and that's silly to think that that would happen but he was just kind of crazy and dressed like a cowboy and carried a gun and was just kind of nutty yeah you know well i mean you know to be fair i mean you never know what would have happened because you know he had previous to that he had put out a gospel album yeah you know there he he was exploring that you know that music world you know who who knows you know? Oh, I know. I see it now. See, if my dad had stuck around, he would have made it too. I think oh, he would have been. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He, because especially now, like men are it in country music. Yeah. And especially that sound, the sound that he had, if he had just stuck it out, I thought of that. He would have made it for sure. Ooh. Willie Nelson Jr. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that alone, that alone would have, <clears throat> you know, helped, I'm sure. You know? I'm Willie Nelson the third. If I had if I had a penis, I would be Willie Nelson the <laughs> third. I love the way you just said that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was that was that was really good. I identified as a boy. Y'all would have to call me Willie the third. I'm. You know, when I <laughs> when I meet you in April, I might just do that. I think I would have to go by Will or Trey or something like that because my dad was Billy, and Willie was Willie is Willie. You know, so. Yeah, Willie, Billy, and then you could just be, I don't know, something else that rhymes. Yeah. 
So also like little things like family issues, I feel like he would solve them so simply. Like if he was around, he would know exactly what to say to everyone. He seemed just to be able to have his way of just as wild as he was to connect with everyone and, and kind of change it around. Like such a compassionate heart. He, my mom said he always rescued animals. He just, he, he, as much, as much chaos as he caused, which by the way, he was 16 years old when his dad became the biggest person on the planet. So how do either one of us know what that's like? Right. Right. He got to do whatever he want and Papa Willie got him out of it. Right. So yeah. that that's a different ex- life experience. Um, yeah, oh, so... I'm sh- I can't even imagine. Uh, you know, I get into trouble and I go to my dad. I can only, you know, and that he's powerless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine if if my father had some sort of power, what the you know the stuff I I would have gotten into. Um, right. Right. Now with. With that, you know, I really thank you for talking about your dad because I know, you know, everything that surrounded it and how tragic it really was at the time. And I mean, still yeah. now, you know, I, I really do appreciate it. And I'm I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable in any way. I just. You didn't. Uh, you I know, like talking I, about him. Good, I do. Good. Him alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I've, I've always wondered that, you know, I've always, you know, I've always been a, you know, I've been a Willie fan for, for years and years and years and years and you know you dig into it and you're like gee i wonder what would have happened i wonder Mm -hmm. what you know um but anyway let's talk about you here for a second now you are coming up here finally with our friend annie brobst in april um we we know annie very well we're i'm super excited that you're coming up here um the inside scoop because one of the venues you're coming to we have a partnership with with off the rails in worcester so yes yes so what are these shows going to look like now by the time the tour is announced this will have come out so you can talk about it okay so we're going to do acoustic style but it's just me and jb and then annie and her guitar player is his name ryan yeah ryan yep yes do good and uh so this isn't going to be like a rock show. Um, this is going to be, uh, you know, scaled down. It's going to be more singer songwritery style. But I plan on throwing in fun stuff. I want to maybe do a couple new songs. It's more for people who are like into lyrics and um, and into like hanging out and having a fun time with us more than a rock show. But although I like to make the rock shows feel like you're a part of the show, I like to talk yeah. to people and you know tell jokes that i've come up with and work on new stuff i I like acoustic shows because i can work on new things that i wouldn't be able to do with the band because we haven't worked it up with the band you know so it's going to be kind of um scaled back from the actual raylan nelson band thing but it it costs a lot of money to get a band on the road and annie is being a really good friend and helping me get the word out in your area and you too thank you yeah and to help you know because like i said it's hard to reach out to get out to other markets as an independent artist and you need other artists or other friends and those places helping you get there and you do that grassroots style and just making connections and luckily i met annie through um gary marino do you know him yeah 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 
Okay, so Gary and I met through the podcast that I do, which is Music is Funny. It's musicians talking to comedians about music and comedy. And right now we're putting it out every other Wednesday. And we've had Doug Stanhope and Kathleen Madigan and Ari Shafir and Duncan Trussell. We've had a lot of big names on there. Damn. Dane, Dane Cook, Carrot Top came on. There's a lot of really good ones. And it's not a podcast that's, it's kind of like yours is where you can listen to it 300 years from now and it would still be relevant where you're talking to the person. So we asked them about like the the very first thing I asked them is what's the first music you remember loving as a kid. And then we just go from there. And then we circle back and ask about what's the first comedian you remember loving and then go from there and then talk about the similarities and differences and comedy and music in both businesses and art and all of that so it's been a lot of fun and i met a lot of people and it's helped me uh gain new fans that are you know because we've always i've always tried to use try to use humor and uh i think a lot of musicians do you know but uh, i i've been i tried to use humor any way i can in the Raylan nelson band brand you know and just like always be funny let's never be sad and tragic i mean we did put out daddy's grave and that was one of the reasons why I decided I didn't want to do anything sad and tragic anymore because when we, when we would play Daddy's Grave at shows, it took like three or four songs to get people back up happy, dancing, shouting again. It's a yeah. sad song, and I don't want to make people sad at a show. You can listen to that in the shower or on your car ride, you know? Right, right. You can cry <laughs> in the shower and listen to this. Don't. <laughs> yeah the trauma i went through but it was definitely song therapy and i'm glad it's written and it it's helped a lot of people too you know so but anyway whoa i went on a tangent that i don't know where i'm oh music and comedy and that's how i met gary is through the podcast you know so i it's neat how as an independent artist you have to put your hand and or you know wear all these different little hats too just just to try to build up a you know a fan base from grassroots style and i know that if i if my fans are into comedy then they're not going to be offended by a lot of the things that Raylan nelson band does <laughs> right so right <clears throat> yeah so speaking of your sense of humor because i think it's stick um <laughs> you know you you put out free and then you did the whole thing yeah. and what made like hell made you do it that way um, well, it was simple. She was free, and the song was called Free. <laughs> it's really simple. And then we were like trying to come up with a video idea, and uh, J- JB goes, Hey, do you have any videos that you did when you were in college? Like, just like homemade videos? Like, he had yeah. this idea, like, <laughs> and I'm like, No, but Bernie Spears did a lot of videos when I was in college, and then just still I was just like my immediate reaction to what he said and then I was like oh my god the song's called free what if we just recreated some of her videos and then he's like that's not a bad idea so then I start looking to see if I can find outfits and of course you can it's very easy to find Britney Spears costumes and then we went from there and then so I did like the first few and then once JB got into editing he was like okay I found this scene do you have this outfit because if we do this in front of the green screen I can make it look exactly like this. so once he got into it like we only had like three scenes and then when he got into editing the three scenes he was like okay we can add a few more scenes and I know exactly what to do he really got into it so uh, luckily I got to play out my uh, fantasy of being Britney Spears through the free video and um yeah it was fun i i love her and also she's 
crazy, you know, like especially yeah. now. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, um, it's awesome. Yeah, we can't get enough. She's so no. crazy. Nope. <laughs> you know, I keep saying to my wife, I'm like, one of these days she's just going, she she she's gonna get an OnlyFans or something, and she is gonna go gonna make yeah. millions and millions and millions of more dollars. She already is basically nude on Instagram. Right. We right. will not do this probably, but we had this idea to do a lyric video of putting Britney there, right? Um, naked and then putting my face on her body. <laughs> out of her body, just and then having <laughs> the words come out, you know, as the lyric video. But we didn't do it, we didn't do it, we didn't do it. Oh man, that would have been awesome. It's that just fun been... to talk about. You can't really do those things. Yeah, I'm, no. Like sometimes Sometimes I'm like, I feel like that's going to make my grandpa look bad. Like, you know, like there's a fine line here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be the bad Nelson. I know I'm already the black sheep. I don't want to be like <laughs> the one where they're like, like really embarrassed of. Now, because you also did that with the album cover for Don't, right? Because. Um, oh, yeah, we did the clap. Yeah, right. Now, how did that come up? The same kind of thing? Yeah, we we're trying to, uh, you know, hint at our garage rock roots and in, in, in there a little bit and then also they just stole the you know their lettering they stole from elvis yeah. so it was kind of a play on because the clash stole from elvis we're stolen from the clash and elvis kind of elvis right right yeah well, and that... then we, i have other idea like all of that sparks new ideas because we did the ramones first yeah you know and um and you've so... done the who we did the Who, yep, that's right. And so now I'm thinking I want to do the Leonard Skinnerd one where they, it has it pronounced, you know how they, um, I forget which album it is. Uh, oh, I don't, oh God, I'm drawing a blank. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, shit, I just had it saved. Oh yeah, it says Leonard Skinnerd and then it says pronounced Leonard Skinnerd underneath it and it's kind of in bones. You know, yeah, yeah, Leonard. yep. And they're all just sitting there on the on a street. Um, that's the one I want to recreate next. So we're doing well. Next one is Fifth City, a Loretta Lynn cover. She put out a song called Fifth City in the '60s. It was a hit for her, and so we're covering that. And so it's like a punk rock country version of Fifth City. So I recreated her artwork for that one. That's awesome. And then, yeah, I've. As an independent artist, I think the best thing to do right now is singles and just try to keep them coming out every couple of months. Yeah. So we're doing fit. And then I think it's a good idea to do a cover and then original cover and original cover and original because I can monetize off of covers more easily than originals because I'm my original songs aren't as popular, obviously. Right. So you can get mon- money from sync stuff if people want to use the song if it's a cover you know like rebel girl was a cover and we've you know all the songs that we did that are covers have made us more money than the original songs um, right right but uh, isn't that sad that's sad well, to me it's also just like well i get to pick the covers i want to do you know and who cares it's like it's like yeah it sucks i wish it was the original songs maybe one day but at least you got to do the things that's going to bring you know that's going to pay the band right so um, so, Fist City, and then the next original that is coming out is called Sick, S-I-C-K. And that one's mostly done. JB's just got to do his guitar lead on it. So I'm excited about that one. And I think I'm going to do the Leonard Skinner album, you know, recreate that one for it. And I do not know what I'm going to do for a video for that. But I do have That's... a Fist City 
video idea and i don't want to say anything because i want it to be a surprise yeah no yeah keep keep that in the vault because i i want to be surprised um so now with with the band and with the touring and and all that do you ever you know it blows my mind even though you're independent that you have you know like in this area you know brought the band really necessarily all together now does it frustrate you kind of and i say that because do you ever get that um you know kind of i don't want to like chip on your shoulder and be like i'm willie nelson's fucking granddaughter like book me god damn it (laughs) not in that way or just kind of like y'all are booking creed fisher for enough money for him to take his band and i think I don't think I, I like his music and I like him. He's a cool guy and I'm yeah. glad he's got all this success, but I think mine's just as good and worth listening to, you know? So yeah. why is that in way, even way, way gets a lot of money for playing. And I just, I feel like I've had to beg for it to be able just to pay my band and do it. But right. I, like I said, I hate saying all that because I am grateful for where I am. And it does feel like right now we are getting to a place to where it's finally happening and you do got to do these things like i said you have to come out and um <clears throat> it's more affordable if it's just me and jb to go at first right and then hopefully build a fan base where they love us as people too you know and dig the songs enough to where we can bring the band back and we can ask for the money that it costs to fly a band out there and then rent gear because of the rock band you have to rent gear right Huh, no kidding. Wow. Or, or we could drive up there, but it's about 16 hours from here. So we would have to, you know, take a couple of days to get up there. Right. And then that costs money too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a rat race, you know, because like we help out or we try to help out artists from Nashville and, you know, all over the place to try to get out here. And, you know, they're like, well, this is what it's going to cost me. And then I go back to Booker's and they're like, yeah, not not a chance in hell. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, come on. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. You know. You know, well, like, they have but, to make money off of it, too. Yeah. You know, they, so it's, I get it. It all makes sense. Um, yeah. People aren't into live music as much anymore, maybe. Um, but that's not true because, you know, big, bigger acts get tons and tons of people at their shows. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks that venues are, you know, scared to, to take a chance. You know, I get it, but it sucks. Yeah. It really does. Or, really or like um, someone who's just gone viral on TikTok, they they can book out a place right. and might not even have anything to bring to the table other than just themselves being there because, and people will dig it. They'll still go just to see the person because they're a fan of their TikToks. But what are they going to do on stage? You right, know? right. <laughs> You have to come up with something, or you or what are you just gonna put a uh, a projector behind you that shows your TikToks behind <laughs> you playing as you're just there? What do right, you do? And then talk about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's it's crazy how this whole 
game is played this whole industry you know it's yeah. it's weird it's strange all all these stars have to fall in line perfectly and which is actually kind of cool like my grandpa wrote crazy and um yeah i think yesterday's wine and maybe uh gene and funny how time slips away that one um all three of those in one week and as he was like driving and he wasn't driving or maybe he was driving but riding into nashville and then cut them all and they're all hits you know it's like <clears throat> for that time to write a song that that connects with everyone who is listening to music at the time is so surreal kind of you know yeah How you know not do it? i i gotta ask you because you just brought it up and i just it kind of uh came into my brain did willie put out crazy himself before patsy took it there's there's crazy demos yeah there's a whole demo session of crazy well i not like i don't think it was a version of crazy yet but okay i mean he did after she she recorded it and made it a hit but there's um i have a cd somewhere that are his crazy demo sessions where he was just it's basically little pieces of songs uh that he was working on and crazy was in there he had the whole song crazy on it there was uh like um he has a song called yesterday today tomorrow and it was literally just the first few lines of that song that was in there a bunch of others like that a bunch of his big hits that were just these little lines that he had come up with and hadn't figured out the rest of the song yet and it's really cool wow that's incredible that's incredible my my wife is a huge patsy klein fan so it's I've I've gotten my you know my uh, <laughs> my sink or swim le- lessons learned about Patsy Cline over the last seven years. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Patsy fan too. Um, so this is you'll find this kind of funny maybe, and she would too. The I had a fan reach out to Papa Willie this week and ask if it was true that Papa Willie wrote the song "Crazy" originally as "Stupid." <laughs> and then Patsy told him to change it to crazy, which the story is not true. It was always crazy, but I thought it was really funny. And I started singing, I'm stupid, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> or like any other word you could throw in, it, like, I'm a dum dum, you know, just like <laughs> silly little things, but it definitely was just crazy. It wasn't stupid at any point. Now, do you ever reply to any of these people? Oh, yeah. That's my job, to reply to them. Um, I told them that that wasn't true. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. now, do you do you reply when you reply as, do you reply, like, you know, sincerely? Oh, yeah. As me. Yeah. I, I don't reply as pretending to be my grandpa. Oh, okay. And, but, so, so when I send an email from that email address, it'll show up in your email from Willie Nelson. Yeah. So I have used that email address to reach out to record labels and venues, (laughs) you know, and I I did get permission from my grandpa to do so, but I never pretend that I'm him when they open the email, you know, I'm always like, Hey, this is Rayland Willie's granddaughter and I have a new single or I have that, you know, just whatever. But if you you get an email from Willie Nelson, 99% of the people are going to open it. Now I so I'm I'm so sorry I'm taking all of your time on You're a Friday fine. night. Um, but I need to ask because I absolutely love the show and I'm like I kind of stumbled across it the other day. 
How did Rebel Girl get on the Cruel Summer soundtrack? Dude, I have no idea. I think it's probably because Justin Timberlake is obsessed with me, and his wife Jessica Biel is the one who actually directed it. And hold he's on, probably hold like, on. You gotta use this song. Are you being sarcastic or are you? <laughs> I'm being totally serious? being sarcastic. Oh, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, I mean, it's it's plausible. JT's from Tennessee. You're from Tennessee. Anything's possible. You should have just ran with it, Raylan. You were like, yeah, me and JT are BFFs. <laughs> yeah, JT and I, you know, best friends, and um, he's obsessed with me. Wish he could. Just- would have married me so he told jessica <laughs> Beale yeah yeah to use my song no i don't know i think it's just because he you know this the uh it's based in the 90s and that yeah. song was a hit then and of course they like i told you if they were to get rebel girl from bikini kill it would have cost probably 80 grand or something to use it but from us it only cost them 10 grand right because we're not anybody yet you know and we didn't. We weren't the ones who made that hit, that, that song a hit. You know? you know. I mean, I'd argue it's a better version, but that's just. Yeah. Me. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I I can't thank you enough for your time. Like it's, I've actually gotten more time with you than I thought I was going to. So I really, really appreciate you, especially taking the time on a Friday night and, you know, taking time away from your family and stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a great time doing this. Good. Anytime you want me to come back, let me know. Yeah. Now, so I do have a couple of pre-planned questions. Okay, let's do it. Now, one is about boots and one's about whiskey. Now, I don't know if you drink or not, so if you don't want to answer that one, that's fine, but it's just part of the, the shtick, I guess. Okay, I drink. So what are your boots and what are your whiskey of choice? Okay, I have a boot problem. So <laughs> I have a lot of boots and right now I'm really into, so my first pair of boots were Gringos, the old Gringo and that brand. Now I'm into Steve Madden's Freebird brand boots. That's the ones I've been getting lately. Okay. Um, okay. So whiskey, I just like, um, I don't got I'm a beer drinker, so I drink beer all the time. But there's a few places in town that do not have beer, and then I go with whiskey, which I always do an old-fashioned. So usually that's like a maple whiskey, you know, right. that they use here in Nashville. Um, yeah, I am in talks with somebody about creating my own whiskey, but I, I honestly like beer you know like beer's my jam i like mm-hmm. to drink session ipas okay it's a little sh- yeah it's a little shot of happy and not too much you can still carry on a conversation and actually on the can there's a car on it so you can actually technically drive true <laughs> true no that's you know it's funny because i can't drink beer as much as i used to and i certainly can't drink beer with any sort of like over-the-top, hoppy, you know, IPAs. I can't do it. Can't do oh, it. I'm so sad for you. I understand. I've heard about it turning on people. Uh, weed does that to people, too, sometimes. It'll yeah. turn on people as they get older. I think it has to do with hormones changing with age. Yeah. You know, because you know, during the during the pandemic, when we were all at home, you know, and I was getting all that extra money, I, 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 tried, yeah. the, I tried the IPA route and the, you know, and all that. And I couldn't get into it. And then after I stopped doing that, you know, now all I can drink is like Miller Lite, you know, if I'm drinking beers, because it's, yeah. it's light, it's easy. Like a Pilsner. Um, yeah. Like a, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, but whiskey, I could drink a I could drink a half a bottle of whiskey in a night and Oh my god. Up. Well, not I'm not I'm being a little sarcastic, obviously. But um you I know, would die. My body would disintegrate into the ground if I tried to drink that much whiskey. <laughs> but you know, and then wake up the next morning and you know, feel feel Function? incredible. Wow. Yeah, it's really strange. And like I shouldn't say it out loud because eventually the whiskey's gonna turn on me and I don't want it to well probably not like honestly i think everybody has to there's something about intuitive eating and drinking and it's what your body does and needs in whatever time it is because it could change next week but yeah whatever it is what's good for you is good for you and if you can handle it it doesn't it's just amazing to me because i can't drink that like i can only have one if i do that's why i don't drink whiskey because i'd rather drink a little bit longer than just one drink I'd, I'd like to sip on something for like three hours and, and whiskey the old fashions are delicious you they know? are and they go down real fast and you feel like madman for like like don draper and you're just fancy <laughs> yeah. you want to start smoking right yeah. right yeah yeah no but that's whiskey does that too because like i'm not a smoker i never have been um you know when it comes to weed it's always been edibles i've never been able to actually smoke weed it's strange that's a whole nother podcast we could do yeah yeah um, well we should we should do this again and talk about weed because i think edible is a totally different drug than smoking it oh yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent because when i've i actually got i've been more fucked up smoking it than you know doing edibles or ingesting it like that yeah i mean that's that's just me you know but that's opposite for me opposite yeah. really Yes. I mean, we have a, it's not legal here, which it's legal there, but we have hemp here. So our hemp laws are the lax laws. So we, there is THC in the hemp here. So the places that they have where you can go and vape in there and they have the THC infused ranch and garlic butter and all these things. I if I go there and do that and drink the THC drinks and all this, I am so stoned. I don't, I can't do anything. Huh. But if I just smoke weed, I'm fine. I function regularly. I'm laughing all day. It it'll put me out. The edibles put me down. Now, what about for me? I can't do this. But can you drink and smoke weed? Yeah, you can. Yeah, but I oh, but I'm not a rookie no, I, smoker, you know. Like nope. I've been smoking weed since I was 18 years old, every single day, probably. Damn, like I try to smoke weed or drink, forget about it. It's like pick one, pick one, and stick with that because I yeah. mix, and that's when the room starts to spin and oh. forget it. Even if it's just a beer. Even if it's just a beer. That's weird. Yeah. yeah, I have seen it happen to people where they're drinking and then they'll want to smoke with me and then we'll smoke and then they're they're just they're gone. That you can't yeah. even see them in their eyes anymore. Well, you know? <laughs> you know, seeing it is legal here. When you're here in April, I fully expect to, uh, you know. Oh yeah, we'll smoke weed or sweet. or we'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, I don't care. I'll 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 smoke it at that point. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. How okay. many times in my life am I going to ever be able to say, hey, I see Nelson's granddaughter? Hey, I have a sticker that says that, and then I'll give it to you. Oh, sick. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> God, I'm like a little kid in a candy shop right now. I'm like, and the Wee. Willie Nelson is bigger than the granddaughter, so people will think that you smoked with Papa Willie. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Raylan, you you have been the sweetest. You know, I knew you were going to be. I I I cannot wait to meet you for real in April. I really can't. Same, same. And we can do this again. Just let me know. And yeah, um, yeah. And ha- hello yeah. to your wife, and um, tell her I love Patsy too. So I I will let her know. I or will sisters. let her know. You'll, you'll meet her April too because she'll come to the show and and okay, stuff. Good. So yeah. Good. Perfect. Thanks for helping us spread the word. Yeah. And I appreciate time. your support. Absolutely. Any anything you've got coming out, let me know. I'll push it. I'll throw it out there. I'll I'll you know I'll whore you for for you. No no Yay. problem at all. Thank you. So, you're welcome, Raylan. Thank you so much, and we'll we'll talk super soon. All right. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Raylan Nelson. I I am still. Still, even just listening back to the episode, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't believe it actually happened. I can't, I can't get over this. Um, we are very much looking forward to meeting her in April when she's up here. Um, she'll be at Off the Rails, she'll be at City Winery, she'll be at Stanzies. Um, and there was one more place I can't for the life of me remember, but anyway, she'll be up here, up in New England finally. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get full band up here sooner rather than later. Um, so if you're in the area, get a ticket to that show because you're not going to want to miss it for sure. It's going to be a hell of a night with some great music. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm looking forward to getting high with, <laughs> with Willie Nelson's granddaughter. It's fucking awesome. Um, so thank you for tuning in next week. We'll have another great show for you. Um, as things, as as long as things go to plan, because you never know what happens, we'll have Brie Carter on next week. Um, another great conversation. We are so lucky. You know, I've said this now. I said it through the month of January, and I'm going to say it again today. We've been having awesome, awesome conversations this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know who to attest that to. I, I'm going to give it all to my guests. They've been absolutely incredible. We also have some great guests coming up in March that you're not going to want to miss um, at all. You know, I've the March episodes I'm playing around with a little bit because I don't know who I want to go first. March is our birthday month, well, my birthday month. Um, and right now, I think I know who I'm going to kick it off with. Um, but again, if that could change, so we have a lot of things coming up. Um, over the last few weeks, we've announced a ton of freaking shows. Shane, Shane Prophet, um, he'll be here shit this week. Um, and all kinds of stuff going on. Shame Prophet, Shame Prophet, Shame Prophet. Um, Dylan Scott's coming. There's all kinds of stuff coming up, guys. So take a look at all of our stuff. Again, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. Every social media platform you can think about, we are there. Check us out. Thank you so much for everything. And we will see you next time. And until next time, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, y'all.